0: All right, let's do it. I think I have a song. I'm just going to wing it.
1: (laughs) I already pushed record.
0: (laughs) Let's roll with it then. Maybe I'll edit it out. Maybe I won't. Hey, Craig. I wish I was a a little bit more athletic because I'm pretty tall, but basketball's about to start, so this is fucking great. (laughs) All right. All right. Y'all remember Skila?
1: I do. I do.
0: I, I used to, so that was a, little, was a little bit taller song came out when I don't know, like around when the Sonics were at their peak and, uh, and, and basketball was my entire entirety of my life. And so it was like perfect. And I listened to that song all the time. You think I would know the words a little better, but I don't cause, cause I was, you've I, been I, drinking I, beer tonight. Uh, just a little bit, you know, I dro- <laughs> I dropped off my ballot. At the ballot drop box and you have to celebrate at that point. And there's there's Peaks and Pints is right next to it. So it's I not, mean, how can you not? It's not my fault. They have just had their anniversary and had many dark, strong beers that I wanted to try on tap. How can you not? How can you not? All right, man. So this is Podcast versus everyone. I am Craig Powers. Once again, not sober. But I am back from vacation, um, and with me, as always, is my bestie Jeff Newser. Jeff, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. I'm good. My body thinks it's like midnight or something now, so because it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if I uh, if I have a hard time staying awake, you'll know what it is. My reactions are a little delayed. I I I could not have uh, consumed any beer like leading up to this otherwise i really would be asleep on my keyboard so um so unlike you i just cracked my my first beer which um i don't like
0: so we'll get to that eventually Ooh, maybe a podcast no i think once i didn't like my beer but like yeah that's maybe a first for you on the
1: podcast. yeah i think this is the first time i've had one where i'm like Ugh, i don't like that. that's why i went and got another one <laughs> i was like i was like hang on before we start i need to go get another one because i will probably drink like maybe the rest of this glass that I poured, which was about 40% of the pint, and uh, that's probably about it.
0: I am so excited for this. Yeah. Uh, So I kind of want, we haven't been doing this lately, but I want to go into beer first then. I want to hear what this beer is and why you don't like it.
1: Yeah, so we've, uh, all right, so uh, we've talked about Evil Twin before. Yes, we have. And uh I don't think we've talked about uh even more Jesus before, but uh that's sort of their Is that what you were drinking? Um, okay, hold on.
0: I'm getting there. I'm, Sorry. I'm getting there, Craig. Sorry, I've had a few
1: beers. <laughs> so um so they're they're, you know, pretty famous for their stout even more Jesus, which of course you know and Maybe some of our listeners know. Um, And then some of our listeners may also know that there are many variants on the Even More Jesus uh, beer, right? right? And which I've had, I don't know, probably half dozen of them. Um, Just whenever I see them, I grab one. Uh, I've liked them all. Uh, This time I grabbed the uh, Even More 8-pound 6-ounce Newborn Infant Jesus.
0: (laughs) A reference to uh what the uh, talladega nights talladega nights
1: yes yes the uh the ricky bobby prayer for his uh his favorite version of jesus um and so you know i was like yeah like i'll try that you know i haven't i haven't had an even more jesus beer in a while i think my favorite was the uh, even more cocoa jesus that one was you know lots of chocolate and mm-hmm. really tasty um the, and this one in addition to having the super cool name also had a really cool can design which i'm always kind of a sucker for. Um, and, and the beer is not good.
0: So what is it called? Which one is this?
1: <laughs> this is the even more eight pound, six ounce. Oh yeah. Of infant Jesus. So what,
0: what is, what is the, what, what makes it different?
1: So I, you know, I don't, I don't know from a description standpoint. Um, it's lighter. It's only a 5% beer.
0: Oh yeah. There you go.
1: So it's, uh, so
0: the regular even more Jesus is 12% style. Right.
1: Right, so this is the newborn infant Jesus version, hence the 5% alcohol. Um, it's It's got a really, really weird flavor profile, like way more bitterness than you would expect. Oh, yeah. Um, in a stout, particularly a milk stout, where it's like, okay, so, so me- it says it's a milk stout. So and maybe you they... Expect-
0: maybe they hopped it to the point of the 12% beer but it was maybe only a 5% beer maybe beer.
1: i don't know um definitely not catching a lot of milk and sweetness just a lot of bitterness um and not That's in not a pleasant good. way so and so then so i went to Untapped and looked it up and its global rating is 3.42
0: that is very bad that <laughs> That's is like horrendous. very bad, bad. <laughs> because mo- like okay so it's like most people don't rate things bad on there. No. So like a 3.0 rating is pretty bad. Right. Like a 3.4 for a brewery that people know. And like, mm-hmm. that's really bad.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, I, and I almost always check the untapped rating before I buy a beer, just cause I want to know, like just generally what do people think of it? And, right you know whatever um this one i totally didn't i just grabbed it off the shelf i was like oh yeah dude i love these you know i am totally want to. Ch- I've, i haven't tried this version let's try that and then like i took like two sips and was like what is this like well, i would and so say then for- i looked it up and i was like oh man like i'm glad i'm not the only one who thought that because i'm like holy cow
0: for like a regular five percent stout i'd say if it had like a 3.7 or 3.8 that would be a like tell you is a good beer. Cause you kind of have to adjust sure. by style on right. untapped. Like it's right. You know, the, the big barrel aged and sour things yeah. will, and you know, IPAs will have higher ratings, but like yep. a regular old stout won't, but yeah, yeah 3.4 is like in yeah. bad territory.
1: Yep. Yep. So not tasty. I would definitely not buy it again and I may not even finish my glass. <laughs>
0: Well, good thing you got a second beer.
1: I know. I grabbed the other one. So the other one is a, uh, I'll let you know what I think when we get there, but it's called Stranger Than Fiction Porter uh, from uh, Collective Arts Brewing in Canada.
0: Oh. So I I don't know if you
1: remember, but when I went to Vancouver last year, I picked up a bunch of cans of beer. Right. And uh, I picked them up basically exclusively based off the can design.
0: Collective Arts has uh, really good can designs. Yeah, yeah, they have
1: crazy can designs. They get these artists to do these things. So this one is a hockey design, but like in the weirdest possible way. So I'll tweet that out too uh, at some point. But um, yeah, like I kind of forgot I had this. It was sitting around and then I was like, oh, I should drink it. So so maybe I'll crack it open here when I get tired of choking down this uh, even more eight pound, six ounce newborn infant Jesus.
0: So just in case we forget to talk about your Collective Arts beer later. I have yeah. a one story about a collective arts okay. here. So uh I was at a conference once in Toronto and we did we had a, an event at the second city in Toronto, the comedy club, you know, second city in New yep, York and yep, yep. LA and whatever. Chicago. Um Chicago. I meant Chicago when I said obviously it's not New York. Um but <laughs> Chicago. I've been to the one in Chicago as well. But uh Yeah. Um but uh but um chicago is the famous one but toronto yep. has one has has produced like mike myers and you know lots of canadian comics and stuff uh-huh. so but we had an event there and all the beer they had was like and my friend ran the event and she is a nerd like me and she like was like i'm not craft beer and all this stuff but we had like we were running the event and we had all these tickets i literally had a roll of tickets around my arm of drink tickets to hand out to people. And I was trying to get wheat cause we had to meet like a minimum. And so they had these really good collective arts beers on draft. And I, I had an armful of tickets and my friends like just drink as much as you want. We have a minimum to reach anyway. And so, <laughs> so I was just like drinking so much of yes. these like really good collective arts, like IPAs yeah. and stuff. And, uh, got back we got back pretty late to the to the hotel so this always only has ever happened in Canada slept through my alarm nearly missed my flight only because my friend was calling me like where the hell are you because I was supposed to be downstairs <laughs> at the conference I I literally like woke up like in like two and a half hours before my flight and i uh, and i had to like pack and like collect myself and like it because of this damn like unlimited collective arts beer at second city toronto that i had
1: that's hilarious
0: um so yeah that was my main uh so i've i've definitely had more collective arts beers than i've checked into on untapped uh but i didn't have to remember which then. ones yeah i don't remember which ones <laughs> they were but yeah, uh, I've, I'm starting to see their beer actually in the U.S. a little bit now, um, so I think they're uh, they're they're growing a bit. But yeah, definitely you can see them in Vancouver when I've been up there at the beer bars and stuff. They have yeah. tons of collect- and their ones. can designs
1: are unbelievably cool.
0: And also, so a lot of the Canadian breweries, man. You go to like you go to like a bottle shop there, and it's just like brightly colored and it's kind of like when you're in chicago it's the same way like it's like crazy brightly colored cans everywhere and you're like i don't know which one to pick they all look so pretty yeah that's why i use untapped but anyway so what am i drinking
1: what are uh, you drinking
0: so i have had many dark beers tonight yes um i i had a uh, black Pete 31 which is quite tasty i had um Blackberry cobbler, Monsters Park from Modern Times, barely aged stout with like blackberry and cinnamon and vanilla it was delicious. I also had a Fort George Matryoshka coconut, which is a barrel aged Russian Imperial stout with coconut. Um, so when I got home, I have one uh, Fort George can in my in my fridge, and it's called Fort George Cathedral Tree. And it isn't an, a barrel fermented pilsner.
1: Oh, that's crazy!
0: Um, so an oak, for, so it's fermented not like in a bourbon barrel or anything, but like a like a a clean oak barrel. Okay. that's fermented in. So like probably it's a fooder, like a a larger uh, format thing. So like a larger oak thing. Um, Maybe like so,
1: like a chardonnay type.
0: Yes, exactly. Type that, flavor that that well, it's it it it, it probably. If it had held Chardonnay at one point, enough stuff has been aged in there, so that it doesn't have that kind. Of, but yeah, I see what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah the just, oaky the oaky right, Yes, oakiness, of course. Yeah. So these are kind of like what I think is gonna be the next hotness is like this. Well, not like commercially, but like with beer nerds is these barrel fermented pilsners. And uh, it's funny. Like I had this, I have this super beer nerd friend who I was. um picking up uh I was picking up some of my beers at Degard and I picked up some for him and I dropped off the beers for him like and he wasn't home in Seattle and I dropped him off at his his porch and I and I slid one of these cans in because I know he's like all about the pillies now and I like and he's like he's he sends me a message and he like it goes on Instagram. he's like, best best uh you know best uh what it's like um proxy ever like because yeah, i dropped off like one this like one can of like oak fermented pilsner i got from from uh fort george for like three bucks like, into the thing amongst all the like really fancy like degard beers yeah and like uh, degard like you know sour beers and he was most excited about that one but yeah this is extremely tasty you get like you get the pilsner but like you get like the sharpness of the pilsner but the oak just adds this like whole nother layer of aroma and taste and and um i've been on these oak pilsners for a couple years now and, I, and i've been waiting for them to come i know matchless uh uh pat their head brewer was looking at doing that when they opened i haven't seen a lot from them i've seen a, some from them on that regard but like, a, but I know he wanted to set up a fooder in their cold room so they could ferment, because obviously you have to ferment pilsners at like 40 degrees. Um, But so, you know, he wanted to set up a pill, Like, but that's what you got to do with something like that. You're going to set up a big oak vat in in your cold room so you can ferment. Um, and Fort George, obviously, they're big enough. They have the capacity to do that, and I love that they're doing something like that. It's called Cathedral Tree. has a really cool... Um, can it's kind of I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like this kind of, kind of Russian vibe to it. <laughs> I don't know, really no, but it's really cool. Um, I picked this up actually a while ago. This, I've had, been holding on this can for a while, and I've been playing to drink it on this podcast, and I finally I've I have unleashed it, and oh, so nice. so drink if you see an, an oak fermented barrel fermented pills do it. It's fantastic, uh, different um just an entirely different experience um i this cathedral tree is an excellent excellent version of it they're doing them on the uh the northeast uh hill farmstead uh suarez who used to work at hill farmstead they're they're doing a ton of them um but i think we're going to start seeing um holy mountain i'm sure eventually we'll start making them because they have the oak and they have they love making pilsners um but I, i i'm sure you'll start seeing more of these come out because the breweries have the the oak vessel the vestiges to uh uh, age stuff in and um and they love making pilsners and people are starting to buy pilsners so it's worth the while um so yeah cathedral tree for george excellent uh drink it if you can find it um if they do it again i don't know if they still make it i don't know um but yeah so um barrel fermented pilsners i'm all on it i will drink every single one i see from this point on uh, I just don't see him very often so that's why I've been saving this can for so long because it's like a taste that I don't know if I'll get again soon but yeah so all right dude let's talk some let's maybe uh how, how far are we into this thing yeah like let's, 15 minutes let's just let's just dig into some basketball let's, let's go see. for it like, like there do was no our, football do our, do our no listeners
1: realize that the basketball season starts on Thursday
0: no they don't
1: probably not <laughs> Like, it's totally wild. Like, uh, so we're recording this on Monday night. And the the actual college basketball season starts tomorrow, starts on Tuesday. So you'll all probably be listening to this on Tuesday. Tuesday's like the first ones. There's two, like, huge matchups on ESPN, I think. Oh, hell yeah. Kentucky, Michigan State, and Duke. And I'm drawing a total blank now on actually who's playing. But anyway, uh, if you give me a sec, I'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, it's like like the season is here, man. And I know like for yeah, we got you know, Kansas
0: for, and Duke tomorrow.
1: Kansas and Duke, there we go. Yeah. So you know for uh, you know for a lot of schools, um, it, it's kind of weird because you know we're still totally in the throes of football season. Um,
0: yeah, the you know, joke is no one pays attention to right, all, like, and, and so
1: like some schools like get totally amped up for the start. You know, if you're a Gonzaga fan and you have no football team. Because your school sucks and you have no football team. Um, you know, you're very excited about the beginning of the season, you know, but we're all still, you know, super football. But, it, you know, this worked out kind of nicely, right? Because there was, you know, the bye. And, yeah. And then uh, they're going to play the Michigan first game State on Thursday and Kentucky
0: and, are playing tomorrow as well. Yeah. One so, you know, versus I mean, two. That's what college basketball two. offers you on the first yes, day it is true. of the season. One versus two is playing. Yeah. It is true. So yeah. So
1: like it's cool, man. I'm fired up. You know, we got uh, Kyle Smith, and Nerdball getting ready to get going. I oh my mean, long time listeners of the podcast will know how excited we are for Kyle Smith. So, oh. long time listeners, so excited.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so basketball. I got my. So I got my season tickets. Um, I opened them up today. Um, I think they were sitting on my doorstep on the way back from vacation for a while. Um, but I finally opened up, open them up today. Um, I posted some on um, StubHub, but if any of y'all listening and you want to go to the first couple games, just send <laughs> send an email Hit to Craig. Send, send an email to Pod versus everyone. I'll send you the tickets. But um, but uh, yeah, if you are listening right now and you want to tickets to the first like two games, like send me an email at Pod <laughs> versus everyone. If if they somehow it like if. If they don't get sold on StubHub, which they probably won't, like by the time you send me an email, I will transfer them to you for free. So just Ooh. let yeah, so at pod G, pod versus everyone at gmail.com. Yeah. Or at Craig at the Craig Powers on Twitter and uh, Perk for our loyal if, listeners. If for your loyal listeners, I will and, and loyal listeners who are in Pullman, yeah. I will I will send you those tickets for free um but yeah but anyway so yeah i was getting excited uh rolling through man um uh looking at the schedule looking at looking at the team we got and um you know looking at the players that are on the tickets which like so you know you got like uh what how many home games you know i was guessing like 17 or 18 home games and and uh and they're putting players on every single one. And you're like, who the hell is that? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's but, definitely a lot of that. With yeah. This team. Right. Um, yeah. And so like, if you're looking at this team and you're like, who the hell is that? Don't worry. Don't worry. There are a lot of new players. Yeah. And, and uh, there's only a few holders holdovers, even from last year. So yeah, we um,
1: don't even really have a great idea of who's going to
0: play. Yeah, it's pretty like this previewing this team is really hard. Like I feel uh, pretty
1: confident saying so of the of the freshmen, I feel pretty confident saying Ryan Rapp is probably not going to play much. No, no, no. But outside of that, it's sort of like uh Yeah. You know, I I think DJ Rodman probably is a pretty good candidate to not play very much either. Right. Um but outside of those two guys, maybe Coons like I could see him still getting better. Anyway, I mean, I I guess we'll probably talk about all this, but it's like, you know, there are legit like 10, 11 guys who, um, you know, could see minutes and and the lineup could be very, very fluid for a while. Um, I don't have any, you know, particular inside information on that, but just when you look at the roster and how many different pieces there are, and then just being a new, um, not just a new coach, but a new coach with a new system where playing time is predicated on these, uh you know these metrics that you're scored on during practice uh, it could be pretty fluid for a while as different guys um sort of figure out what the coach wants so uh we're all going to be learning and and uh and surprised together
0: yeah uh but as we've talked about um uh in previous podcasts uh uh, Smith in in his uh, kind of like limited time has thrown together a, a roster that I know you and I both think is an improvement. Yeah. O- over what he inherited yep. for sure. Yep. Um, he kind of trimmed some guys that were not so good and was able to hang on to some guys that are pretty good. Um, primarily, obviously CJ Ellaby, uh, Marvin Cannon, um, who we. Th- thought for sure was going to leave um and I thought you know even though he has his limitations but getting you know having Jeff Pollard just that body in there was important to yep. uh to hang on to and then of course you have uh for depth and I truly believe he will be for depth this year uh Gervais Robinson um in there he'll yes. be a, a much better piece to have as a depth piece than yes. a uh, sometimes starting sometimes yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's it's you know the try even trying to figure out who's going to be the starting five is is tricky like you don't even i mean i i think really the only i I think one that's inked in stone is obviously cj ellaby obviously like like that would be a shocker And, and again you know the playing time's determined on these metrics so you know, I mean, there could be a shocker in there, but uh, y- you wouldn't think so, gi- given especially that Ellaby's uh, skill set is pretty much right up, pretty much right up Smith's alley. Um, I think another guy right that's any pretty...
0: coaches Alley. But... Yeah. yeah. Of course, Smith's Alley, of course. Yeah,
1: but I think, you know, we're we're already seeing that the, the kind of guy that Smith wants, you know, based right, off the guys yeah. that he's brought in. And, yeah. you know, while Ellaby is very, very good, um, just the broad skill set, you see lots right. of, even the guys that he's recruited. Um, and and Me- not just in that first class where you're kind of throwing stuff together, but I'm talking the, you know, the couple of guys in the 2020 class. Um, you know, particularly the guard that they got, he wasn't real highly recruited, you know, he's not a a big time scorer at the high school level, he's not a big time rebounder, he's not a big time assist guy, but he kind of does all does of them. Does a bunch of things. Yeah, he yeah. does them all competently. He's got a nice frame. Um, you know, Smith talked, you know, when I interviewed him talked, you know, over and over about the the six tool player, right? And it's it was kind of funny because it's like of course you want guys who can do all those things, but I think what he was really trying to get after was, you know, he really does want guys that are that are multidimensional even if none of their um, singular skills are exceptional right and and Ernie was sort of the opposite of that ernie collected a whole bunch of guys who um you know had an one maybe one exceptional skill right like maybe they could really shoot a 3 but they couldn't really do anything else they were short they couldn't play defense etc you know or maybe they could um, they were really, you know, athletic, but couldn't block really a shot. Athletic, right. You know, maybe they could block a shot. Right. Valentine Azundu for the for the one year he was here. You know, I mean, that sort of thing. So, you know, I think what Smith is really driving at is he wants guys with broad based talents, even if none of those talents are necessarily exceptional. So. Um, so in that regard, I think Deion James, the yeah, the grad yeah, transfer, that's exactly I think, what I was going to say. Yeah, I think he's a guy who's a lock to start. Also, Pollard, yeah. I think is, but I yeah. also wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't, right. um, just because you know he's he's a fairly limited um, offensive player, um, he's a fairly limited defensive player, except for the fact that he's he's pretty smart you know, and, and yeah. good communicators. So, you know, it could be a situation where he starts early on just because he is such a good communicator. So, you know, I don't know, but I could also see a scenario where he's, where he's coming off the bench. So I don't know. It's, it's, like I said, it's going to be interesting trying to figure out even, even who's going to start and kind of watching how that evolves over the season.
0: Right. Yeah. And um, I don't know, but yeah, like you said, you mentioned Deion James, like he's a guy, um i'm excited to have because i i think that's like the difference between this year and previous years um is that you feel like you have a coach who is going to put guys in a place to succeed yep um put them in a in a position and and then he has an idea a very specific idea how he's going to use a player when he adds them so when i look at a guy like Deion james yeah, his stats are not in any way overwhelming. Like when you look, like when you look at what he did at Colorado State, like it's not. He was pretty average offensively, but he was a pretty good offensive rebounder, pretty athletic, could block shots. Um, not a great defensive rebounder, so you're like, what is he looking for? He's probably just looking for an athletic body in there. That maybe he can coach up to be this piece in 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 the defense, maybe as the rim protector, or in the piece in the in the offense as the uh, guy that the one guy that crashes the glass or whatever. Um, so uh, I don't know. Like because the thing is like the the funny thing about this coach that we have is. Now, you know, you have a guy that's looking at the same stuff that you and I have been looking yeah. at for a decade. <laughs> for a decade, right? He's looking at offensive rebounding percentage. He's looking at block percentage. Like, right. he's, he's obviously probably has a little more tape to look at than we do. But but he is kind of setting a baseline with the same stats that you and I set a baseline with. and And, and so it's... It's easier for us when they when especially when he brings in a transfer to kind of assess a guy and, and even with the current players on the WC roster to assess how he might use them based on how he has used players in the past and, and what have you because you know you look at a guy it's you look at a guy at like at, at his last stop uh Ferrari like he, he looked like a guy that was like not worthwhile in, in any way. Right. And, and he turned him into like, he was able to use them as, as like, this... well, yeah, they
1: actually re-recruited him. They re-recruited like, him. Like he had yeah. left the program and yeah. they were like, Hey, let's, you know, Smith was like, Hey man, we got it. We got to get this guy back on board. And you know, their numbers guys were saying, eh. <laughs> you know because well, yeah like, if you
0: if you look at uh, well that's the funny thing it's like
1: he was so bad in his first year you know and it's usually that's a pretty good predictor of what a guy is capable of you know people will talk so themselves bad. into anything and they'll be like oh well you know he could develop you never know and it's like nah we have piles of data that suggests that uh uh, you know he's highly, highly unlikely to develop into anything useful, um, but there's always the outlier, and Ferrari turned into that outlier, and you know Smith's uh, Smith Smith looks like he's a pretty good judge of talent.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's what makes you confident, because um, obviously our last coach didn't seem to be that at all, Um and we've tried to move past piling on, but it's just. Um, it's refreshing to have a guy that you can, and we'll talk about, let's, let's just move into this. So he's a very good, um, he, he seems to be a very good evaluative talent because honestly, like the two places he's coached so far, he's basically brought those teams to greater seasons than they've ever had, like had in decades. Yeah. Like at Columbia and at San yep. Francisco and, and that's, that that's the kind of thing that we're looking. And, um, we talked about it before, uh, who was it that, um, uh, who was it on Twitter with the uh, stat that, um, basically he was one of the, he was one of the best coaches in the last five years of, uh, taking his, his team above the, uh, expectation of the, of the program. Yeah, basically,
1: uh, you know, the, the idea is that every program has sort of its normal level. It's, it's right, you are who you are, and coaches tend not to really deviate from that too much, even when, you know, no matter who you hire, they tend right. not to deviate too much from that. And what he did at San Francisco and Columbia was both took programs that were, you know, like at Columbia, typically one of the worst in all of Division One. Um, you know, and elevated them, you know, above that into like the two hundreds, um, and the, almost, 100, almost a hundred. almost yeah. By the time he was done, and then you know, San Francisco, same thing, a team that you know is typically around you know the 200s. 200s. um, you know, elevated them into the top one hundred. So, um, as good as anybody in the country at taking a program and elevating it beyond what it what it historically is at, and and that's a great, um, that's as good of a sign as any for. For what he might yeah. be able to do, with his us.
0: his every every year at Columbia and San Francisco, he had a higher rated team on Ken Palm than Ernie had at Washington State.
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: so I can't wait
1: till this season actually starts, and then we can just
0: be like, and and know, Ken Bones, we don't have to talk about Ernie as, anymore. Same as Ken Bones' last team, but I'm just saying, saying that expectation. This guy is someone that evaluates talent and also uses his talent uh, well. And and you don't necessarily need to expect a slow tempo. Like, I, I think he'll probably slow the tempo down more like he did at Columbia than he did at San Francisco. But um, just because of the um, the talent disparity you probably have yeah. compared to the rest of the conference. And I, I think
1: there's a chance it gets, like, maybe really slow during conference play yes i I think non-conference play maybe not so much yeah
0: he definitely sped up a little bit at san francisco um but
1: some of that was frankie ferrari
0: yeah exactly you know when you have a you know have a a super live offensive player which i mean he might in cj be, but i think he'll still play pretty slow i think we'll be Three hundred plus in tempo. I, I... Well, and I think
1: they're also going to be very simple on offense. I think that's yeah. a high likelihood. Uh, very simple on offense with a. I mean, they've said it over and over and over again. Their number one priority is to fix the defense, and you know, fixing a defense is is really one of the easiest things you can do. Well, it, yeah, um, we saw you know, it.
0: We saw it when Dick Bennett came here. Yeah you, know, uh, you, you rapid, get them organized, you yeah. get them
1: playing with effort and you can, you know, when you're on offense, you can't always control if the shots go in, but if you're on defense, you can control your organization and your effort. And uh, I, that's where all the emphasis is going to be. So,
0: and that sounds great because uh, we, we've we been very used to some very bad defense. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's why uh, uh, you and I both, I, you know, I know I expect, um, so, uh, Kempom has uh WSU for you know the 2020 prediction. Um, after they finished uh 207 last year at 163, I'm not sure what went into that, especially considering we lost Robert Franks. I'm not sure like where he, I don't know how much he factors in the coach or anything.
1: Yeah, I gotta um, imagine some of that's the coach. I don't, yeah. I don't know
0: how much, but yeah. Yeah. so so they're up to 163 but I honestly like I wouldn't be surprised if uh Kyle Smith this year takes them from a 207 to like a 110 115 range uh just because of his focus on defense and historically that's where you can make really big improvements and it doesn't it given that WSU he does have athletes better than he's has had in his other stops and he's made similar improvements at his other stops. Um, I, I expect him to make that sort of jump this yeah. year. Um, and and that kind of, so yeah, I expect us to kind of land in that 110, 115, which would be a dramatic improvement in terms of competitiveness and wins it, it, in Pac-12 where it's just not a very good conference again yeah. this year.
1: Yeah, we we are really, I was initially a little bit surprised by the 5-13 and 13, uh, prediction for conference play because the conference is... <laughs> you know, pretty bad. Yeah, um, but but, it, you know, but if
0: you do get to that one ten range, that becomes yeah. more of an eight eight and ten. Yes, that's
1: that. Yeah, yeah. it's more of an eight and ten, more of a seven eleven kind of you know Dick Bennett first season kind of deal where you where you turn it around immediately. So, um, they they could you know do that. Um, non conference play is it, it's it's a little interesting in that there's. Not, uh, you know, there's no real heavyweights on right. the schedule, at least in terms of name recognition, but they do have some tricky games. Uh, the first couple right of not, bat, yeah. yeah, those are neither one of those are a soft landing. Um, Seattle, uh, well-coached team, Jim Hayford, you know, they, of course they beat us last year, um, right. in a in tremendously ugly, ugly, ugly game. Um, while Robert Franks was out. With an injury. Um, this time, Seattle's coming to Pullman, so that's good. I mean, that's. That's obviously beneficial. Um, but then Santa Clara, you know, Santa Clara's a pretty good team. At and Santa Clara. Yeah, and we got to go there after losing to them in Spokane last year.
0: And Ken, Ken Palm only gives us a 28% chance to win. Yeah,
1: you know, and that's, uh, you know, Santa Clara ranked 122 preseason by, by Ken Palm. So, um, you know, and these and things Seattle can And Seattle 133, so. Yeah.
0: And it's WSU's 163, so. Yep.
1: And, you know, the, the preseason projections can be, you know, a little whatever. I mean, basketball, yeah, absolutely. lots of, lots of player movement, you know, there's all that kind of stuff in there that makes it hard to figure out sometimes how good a team is going to be from one year to the next. But I think there's a sense that both Seattle and Santa Clara are on an upswing. Um, you know, like, like we said, Seattle's well coached, um, you know, Hayford had, you know, some success at Eastern and then, uh, Santa Clara, of course, coached by Herb Sendek. So uh, you know, they're considered to sort of be on the rise in the, in the WCC. So not, not an easy, not a couple easy games, but I do think that fans are really going to enjoy, uh, watching the team and, and, all of the things that used to, you know, really frustrate the crap out of us, uh, watching Ernie Kent teams. I think you're going to see sort of right off the bat, uh, pretty media improvement. A lot of that stuff. You're you're gonna watch defense. You're gonna see hustle. You're gonna see organization. I mean, there will be breakdowns. There's no doubt about that early on. But um, and, and as as I said, I I imagine that the offense is gonna be pretty vanilla. Um, so I, I don't think it's gonna be all that dynamic. But um, but you will see a team that's I, I think disciplined and well coached. And I think our fans. Um, I think our what our fans showed when when the Bennets were the coaches. Uh, you know, we can appreciate that. Um, as far as basketball fans go, I I don't know that all basketball fans can appreciate that, but I do remember (laughs) that we really grabbed onto that, you know, with Dick and Tony. And then, um, you know, watching, uh, not, not that bones teams were totally undisciplined. Um, but then of course, you know, devolving into the, the Ernie Kent debacle, um, you know, it became really clear that. You know, and I honestly think that was beyond the losing, I think that was one of the big, you know, complaints that I sort of heard over and over again from our fans was that, you know, they were just sort of unwatchable. Like, you right. you, you know, you'd turn on the TV and, you know, the game itself would look kind of close, but you, you would just be watching them and you're like, 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 does anybody coach them at all? <laughs> you know, like, like, are they just sorta, of, is this just pickup ball? I mean, what are we doing? Um, it got very difficult to, to justify the time investment to even watch the games. And I think that's something that fans right away are going to be sort of pleasantly surprised by is, you know, there's going to be an immediate improvement in terms of how they're coached. And, um, how they perform and how they play together and work together. And I think it's going to be, you know, I don't think it's going to be a total throwback to the Bennett days, but I think it's obviously going to be much more similar to that than anything we've seen over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And, and I think that's really going to resonate. So I hope people, you know, I hope people find their way to, you know, pack 12 networks on Thursday and, and take in that first game. Cause um, I'm certainly interested to see, to see how it goes, see who starts, see who gets the minutes, kind of see, philosophy-wise, what they're trying to do. Um, and again, against a team that, you know, is not gonna be a walkover at all against a team that uh, yeah. is definitely gonna be a little bit of a challenge.
0: Right, yeah, don't um, let, I know the Seattle Santa Clara, the first two games don't sound very good, but.
1: They don't, but they are.
0: If they get W's in both these games, like I think you should be That'd very That'd be encouraged. really awesome. Uh, um, so yeah, like uh, Kempom has WSU, Seventy-two, seventy-one. Uh, as so this is basically a coin toss in the first game um definitely uh, a heavy underdog in in the numbers eyes but again like we said this stuff's kind of fluid it's hard to predict the roster but yeah you should be very encouraged if wsu wins these first two games if wsu wins them by like double digits then be very very encouraged but again like this is new they're trying to come together they're learning a new system so if they come out and aren't don't look that great like i don't i don't know like these are games that uh they could lose on paper very easily so uh i i'm just gonna say don't freak out um if if that happens uh yeah. there's definitely room for improvement um but uh, but also i'm i'm super stoked for it to start because uh I kind of don't think they're going to lose uh, lose at least the first one. And I think they're going to, and uh, Kyle Smith knows Santa Clara and Herb Sunday yep, very he well. Does. So so yep. that, that should be a fun one, uh, which we'll probably have to find on an internet stream somewhere. Um, but yeah, I yeah, think the
1: WCC has, uh, they've got a...
0: They've got like a streaming network. Yeah, now. they've got
1: like a streaming network that's... Yeah at readily accessible to everybody. Yeah. You don't so have to pay like seven.
0: It's it. not like when we play at Idaho and you have to pay yeah, like $10 yeah. to watch <laughs> one game
1: or whatever. Pay $10 to watch one game.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. It's, I, you know, I can't promise that they're going to win both the games. I can't promise that they're going to mm-hmm. even win one of them, but, right. but I, like I said, I can promise that, that they will be better coached. Um, and, and if, you know, if nothing else, they really, um, they, they ought to at least be interesting um you know i I always maintain that the greatest sin of any sports team is to not be interesting like even if you're losing like like cougar football right now is a perfect example of that not that they're losing a whole bunch because they're not i mean they're they're four and four and whatever like it's lately they've been losing yes but you know they're still they're still four and four you know we're not talking you know paul wolf levels of of losing or whatever but um you know the the reality is as long as you're interesting you can sort of get by and and outside of the ucla game yeah there's been some frustrating losses but at least they're interesting you know the offense is good the defense is you know i mean it's you know you're always trying to figure out how they're going to puke up the game and it's just like a really it's a really fun exercise right but um you know i think i think it's late it's late they'll do it late yeah. <laughs> um I, I think you're gonna find that with the basketball team too, is that you know, they're they're certainly not gonna be, you know, high flying like you know, like the football offense or anything like that. But um I, I don't think they'll be as dull or or as boring as what uh as what we came to what we came to expect from Ernie Kent teams. Yeah, I think I think at the very gonna, least they'll be interesting.
0: We're gonna have a coach that Um, is is very thoughtful in his approach very analytical in his approach yeah um and and uh you can just kind of be assured that everything that is happening every player that is being used there's a lot of thought going into that and 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 i think it'll it'll show itself and i'm so damn excited i bought two season tickets and i'm probably going to go to like maybe Three or four games. I don't care. <laughs> like I, I feel like I had to show my support in some way. Yeah. And and so I, I was really excited and you know I love it. Um. And and uh. Yeah. I'm stoked for Cougar basketball again. I, I think that um. Good times are ahead of us. Um. I think there'll be significant improvement this season overall in competitiveness and and just ability like. Wh- what do you say? Like ability to watch, like, <laughs> like watchability, watchability. There you go. <laughs> they would just make it's, a, yeah, that word. Yeah. Um, it's definitely
1: yeah. going to be different.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Like, uh, basketball, Woo! basketball, um, dude, we I are, know, I don't know if y'all know, you got a couple of basketball nerds on this podcast, so yeah.
1: Like football's de- football was definitely our, uh, sort of our second thought on, Yeah most things which
0: we, we, we didn't realize the football team would get good and we had to i know we, well, had, to we, hire, we had to hire other people to do that
1: uh, when i first started uh first started writing about cougar sports i only wrote about basketball because what was it Bennett called wsu hoops blog what was it yeah called? it was very creative wsu hoops that was it like i said very creative
0: the precursor I, I, to kook center
1: yeah and at kook center it was like hey grady grady clap my my original partner i was like hey you write about football I'll write about basketball okay
0: and mm-hmm. then uh, grady was super into basketball too so yeah uh,
1: and then that all changed and yeah so here we are
0: yeah now 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 like we're really excited to usher y'all into this uh analytical we've been doing this for years yeah so we've, like if
1: you're if you're like a newbie to the whole like analytics whatever like Come with us. Just come with us. We'll explain it, I promise. We won't get too, well, we'll probably get pretty deep into the weeds, but we'll try to explain it, you know, as as, as we do and um, help you understand what uh, what the coaches are seeing because we see it too.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have a coach that thinks like I do. and oh, it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so nice. All right, should we take a break? Let's take a break. And we're back.
0: We're back. back. So, so I love that, whatever it was. And I love that I got a second beer.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to open my second beer now. What are you drinking? So this is the uh, Stranger Than Fiction.
0: Oh, that's right. The Porter, right? Yes. So here we go. I'm having an Awake Limbs Pilsner by Holy Mountain. And I'm also actually was already drinking the other beer out of a Holy Mountain lager mug. Uh, you know, it's a mm. it's a cool looking mug. This, this... I had a Holy
1: Mountain the other night at E9.
0: Yeah, which one? I had the, I had the Demon Teller. Demon Teller, the Saison. Which yeah. is what
1: they always have on, on top there. So. They always have that one. Yeah, it's the only time I
0: get it. I love it. Yeah, uh, Holy Mountain's good shit. Yes, it is uh I could I could do a lot of Holy Mountain Beers but I refrain cuz uh, I like to spread the love. Yes. Although I think they've probably been featured on uh Baxter's Beer of the Game at least 3 times. At least. All right. Yeah. So given enough time for y'all to get back from Yeah. Uh,
1: and we don't the, even have like uh we don't even really have any football to talk about. Like nothing like no defensive coordinators quit, like like nothing really happened. I guess like the one little piece of news that came out today was uh, Theo reporting that Jameer Calvin is is gonna redshirt. Which I I mean, at this point, there's only four games left in the season. So, <laughs> so yeah, with the new even rules. if he played, even if he played in every game, he would still redshirt. So he,
0: he could play seventy snaps in every game, and he would. Yeah. he could still redshirt. But I think, and uh, I, I hope, think, and I hope he's he's there. That would be great. I that think Theo great. was
1: trying to maybe communicate something though in a little bit of code because later on he tweeted, um, and this was after, so on Slack, I was like, hey, is Jameer Calvin ever actually going to play again? And then a couple people were like, no, he like traveled to ASU and warmed up and and he was reported doing sprints the other day. And I was like, oh, well, that's great. But then Theo later tweeted like, hey, I walked by him on campus the other day and that guy is not playing football anytime soon. And I was like, oh, well, that's sad. <laughs> like, maybe he's not ever going to play again. Cause I hope he does. He's I like... hope he does, too. But, man, you know, when you're talking to a guy who um, is that athletic and, and really his game is built on speed and you start talking about, you know, whatever it is that he's dealing with on a lower leg, you know, you got to imagine it's, you know, ligament or muscle related. And, and, and those are things that matter right. when it comes to how fast you are. So, you know, Godspeed, Jameer Calvin. We'd like to have you back.
0: Like watching you, Let's yeah. You like,
1: you're fast and yeah. and good at catching footballs.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But other than that, I don't. I I don't think there was really. Uh, I don't know. Dom Civil still isn't playing. But again, this is like not news. So yeah.
0: yeah. Whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens with that eventually. Not really
1: much else going on with the football team. Just uh, getting ready for the cow bullshit. and mm. We'll talk plenty about that on Friday.
0: Yeah, Friday. We'll, we'll get into the cow bullshit on Friday. I don't want to talk about it. I'm in a happy place right now. We're nah, to...
1: we're in a happy place. What else is happy? Aaron Baines is happy. You want to talk about some Aaron Baines? Oh, yeah. Since this we're talking about happy podcast. basketball things.
0: Yeah. Y'all remember Aaron Baines. Yeah. From the good years.
1: Yeah. Like the bear who had a pimple on his ass.
0: Man, what a what a guy like played like was left WSU, played internationally, put made his way to the Australian national team. Yep. Showed out in the tw- what, 2012 Olympics. Yep. Basically earned an NBA spot be- for, with the Spurs because of that. Pretty much. And has basically had a slow rise like he's played with the Spurs, with the Pistons, with the Celtics, and now with the Suns. What is he? Thirty three now. I think he's one year younger than me. Yeah. Like, and he's having one of the most efficient seasons in the NBA. Through, I mean, given it's six games, but he is destroying. It. And the Suns well, are. And you know why?
1: You know why he's efficient suddenly?
0: Hitting them threes because he's
1: hitting he's hitting threes. <laughs> Aaron Baines is averaging two three pointers made a game.
0: Aaron Baines is he's
1: shooting forty six percent from percent
0: three. three, and it looks as terrible as you would imagine. Oh, like absolutely!
1: But it's going awful. in. It's crazy pants, man! It's and absolutely bonkers what he's doing. Like, right like so, like it's incredible.
0: The, like I, I think Aaron Baines is proof that like literally anyone could shoot threes if they wanted to,
1: if you practice them enough.
0: If you practice, like it, it
1: literally becomes somewhat like shooting free throws. Like well, he's yeah, shooting and we, from the same distance over and, and, over, we, and over and over we again.
0: we saw Baines become a really good free throw shooter by the time he left W. S. U. Yeah. from a after free after throw starting shooter. out as a really bad one and and he became a very good free throw shooter so we know that he's a guy that's going to work on his game he's going to improve yeah and so uh, basically he's uh, kind of forced himself into the starting lineup with the Suns
1: well and what's crazy is like okay so he he had his two years in Boston and and you know, Boston fans really liked him. So he re-ups with Boston and then pretty much within like a week gets, gets traded, traded to Phoenix. Yeah. And, uh, and of course a team that everybody assumes is pretty terrible, right? I mean, they've got Devin Booker, who's a, you know, obviously a real nice player, but, um, there's just this thought that, you know, Phoenix is still sort of in rebuild mode. And so Baines ended up there and you think, oh man, that sucks for him. And, you know, he goes from, you know, potentially, a, a, you know, an Eastern Conference contender to a Western Conference, you know, trash team. And then all of a sudden, he's he's starting. He's averaging 15 points a game, 5.7 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and wait for it, 4.3 personal
0: fouls. And that's why he doesn't play. That's why he, he doesn't that's play more minutes. That's why he's only playing
1: 23 minutes a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> And the Suns are five and two.
1: And and you know what? And Aaron's And the Suns still, just beat the 76ers tonight. Aaron still has not actually ever fouled anybody. He's just so never, you know. never committed
0: a foul. <laughs> Aaron it's
2: Baines. so
1: great though. Like I just I love it. In a year when we don't have um you know, we don't have any clay to watch. Um, you know, to, to have Aaron Baines showing out like this is pretty fantastic. Yeah. And Aaron Baines, by the way. So I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the pod, but Aaron Baines owner of the best unofficial fan club Twitter account.
0: Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do this. Uh, let me find It's, uh.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll explain. So there's so while Craig's looking up the actual like Twitter handle, if you don't follow the um, Aaron Baines, well it's unofficial just at, fan Baines club, fan club, which, at Baines fan club, at Baines fan club, B
0: A Y N E S for those who don't actually know actually how to spell yeah, his last yeah, who don't know how to spell Baines his name. fan club.
1: But uh, it, it's hilarious because it's just this unrelenting uh, worship of Aaron Baines and his screens and his box outs and just everything else that, well, it's great that Aaron Baines is good at. Aaron so. Baines
0: is pretty much regarded as it, it maybe the best, if not the best, ball screener in the NBA. Yeah. And and you, sh- no one's surprised by that. Dude is a, dude has always been a brick wall. Yeah, I mean, he's Continues a
1: 280-pound, seven-foot-tall Australian. Like. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like he, he is just a wall of muscle and he always like and since he's been basically a junior at WSU, that's what, what he's been. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's uh yeah, it's and, it's super fun just, to watch him succeed.
0: And just and, the the three point shot is I can't talk about it enough because it looks like every time he shoots one, you're just like there's no way. And he's hitting like what he's hitting 46% of his threes
1: right now. i know it's it's absolutely insane he's stretching the floor
0: no no jeff he he is <laughs> so he's what did you say two made threes he is yeah, average two made threes a game no 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 3.1 made threes a game on 6.7 attempts what am i looking at then oh maybe maybe uh i'm looking at basketball reference yeah yeah,
1: what Nine. are you looking at? Two threes, four point three attempts a game. I
0: don't know. I'm looking at something else then. I don't know.
1: Maybe you're looking at the per forty
0: eight. Oh, that's what I was looking at. That could be I, or per thirty six. I, I was looking at. I was looking at per thirty six. Yep. There. It but yeah, if this dude played yeah. thirty six minutes a game, he yeah. takes seven threes a he'd game. He'd have.
1: He'd also have seven fouls. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's super cool, man. It's, 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 you know, I mean, we don't have that many dudes playing in the NBA and, and also to see, um, just the tremendous, like we joke, but, um, you know, really the development in his game from, you know, when he showed up on campus to, um, you know, when he finished and, and I don't know that I would ever, you know, have considered him a guy with, you know, two left feet or anything like that. I mean, I mean, he was he was reasonably nimble, but Yeah, people want to say
0: he, that, but like I remember Yeah. when he was a freshman, he ran the floor really well, but whatever. Like
1: he just he, had to figure out how to how, how to like yeah, how to use all that mass yeah. to to do productive things and every year, every year. I mean, he's literally the, play, the kind of player that you want at a program like Wazoo because every year he added something to his game. Every year he either, you know, added a little post-up move or like you referenced, you know, learned how to shoot free throws because he was getting, you know, hacked, hacked like lot. crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, all of these things that, uh, you know, he was, you know, unrefined. And hook, when he, he, showed ad- he
0: added that hook. That yeah, senior, he had year, a, little, he he had had a little baby hook. Yeah, he it that baby hook was unstoppable. Was yep. you know,
1: and he had a you know, by the time he was done, he had a nice little drop step. I mean, right. you know, he really did just continue. And he would just to... dunk the
0: damn ball every time he was yeah. around the rim instead of like trying to lay it yeah. up. Like it's like he like he had to realize he was six foot ten or eleven. Yeah, or,
1: or, and he's or, or. done the same thing as a professional, and I, and I don't think he ever really got um, quite the due that that he deserved for how good he was um, particularly as a senior, um, you know, that team of course, wasn't, you know, the best Bennett team. Yeah, he should have
0: been an all pack 10 player. He should know. have been, um, he but, didn't even you know, get a he, didn't, he wasn't, even he didn't have the mentioned. big counting
1: stats, but he was, yeah. uh, remarkably efficient and, you know, maybe the best rebounder in the conference. If you look um, back, um, uh, so.
0: for, back to 2009 or whatever it was, I wrote and I wrote about how it was bullshit that I didn't get one, but, um, Don't read it though, it's probably terrible. Um But yeah, he didn't even start his NBA career until he was twenty-six.
1: Yeah. You know, so he goes and he travels and again just keeps adding to his game. And and even when you look at him now, I actually I'm just I'm watching Sports Center while we're talking and they just had the the Phoenix Philadelphia highlights on. Um, you know, you look at him now and he's you know, he's pretty skinny, you know, compared to what he was. Um, you know, particularly like, you know, in college, he he's really just sort of remade himself and added something and developed. And it really is. It, it's, a, it's a really cool story. It's a super cool story for a guy who um, I don't know that I ever looked at in college and thought, yeah, that guy's totally athletic enough to play in the NBA. Right. Now, to be fair, I also said that, about Clay Thompson, not that I ever thought he wouldn't play in the NBA, but just like I, I underestimated his athleticism, so maybe it's just. Well, I don't think I don't <laughs> maybe think maybe it's just anyone, something about playing at Wazoo, but
0: I, I, know, I, I don't think any of us thought that Clay would turn into what he no, has turned into. In but I
1: think you know, again, I may have underestimated, and you know, Bain's same deal. Like you know, I probably underestimated a little bit, and you know, I'd, I don't think you expect guys to keep developing the way he has, and you know, to even at thirty three you know, be developing in a way that he's continuing to add a thing, you know, Oh, well now he can shoot threes. Like what? Like, and he dabbled in it last year, just a little bit, you yeah. know, he hit a few threes, particularly in the second half of the season. Right. Um, you know, maybe took one to two a game. I think he and,
0: hit some in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And he hit some in the playoffs and it was like, Oh, isn't that cute? Aaron Baines is shooting threes. Well, like now a it's big like, joke. You're like oh, holy shit. He's shooting four threes a game now. Like, yeah, it's, it's nuts. And, and very, very cool. So, mm.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's awesome. I He's one of my all-time favorite yeah. players at WSU. And, I met his parents.
1: Uh, I met his parents nice. at, uh, went to the UW game his senior year. Yeah. And uh, his par- met his parents on the way out of the gym, and they were very nice and not very tall. That was sort of <laughs> weird. Like, Dad was like 5'10". I'm like, what the hell happened here? You know, like, anyway, it was yeah. cool. I was like, they were wearing Aaron Baines jerseys, and I went... Are you related to Aaron Baines? Because I'm an idiot, and I was like, they were like, yeah, we're, and I can't do an Australian accent, so I'm not going to try. But anyway, oh yeah, like, mate, yeah, that's our son. I was like, oh, I love your son. You know, one of those really stupid things you say when you're like, I, I don't know him. what to say right now. He's you know, amazing. like I love your son. He's so great. Like I don't know. It's very awkward. If, if, I'm a very awkward individual.
0: If you want to hear an even better interaction with. Uh, a relative of a player go listen to the last episode of the cougar football Mm. saturday cast um, 100 percent with uh um, uh, (laughs) jeff's interaction with uh, jeff o'neill's interaction with aaron gordon's brother so please like please go listen to that and yeah
1: the only way i could have made that interaction with aaron bain's family better is if i had said no i'm pretty sure that his parents would be taller and then they would have been like, no, really, we're his parents. No, I'm pretty sure he's pretty tall. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff.
0: Shout Good, out, job, Good job, man. Good job, man. Good job. Just a little podcast to podcast love. Yeah.
1: I love it. Oh, um, my God. I, la- I laughed really hard at that, at that story. That so, tight. yeah, if you don't listen to the Saturday cast, you're missing out. You are failing in life. For sure. Uh, let's see. What else are we missing out on? Oh, Jake Eason is missing out on. Uh, starts apparently according to Brock Heward. well Jeff he's only started 20 times He's only started 20 games that's just not enough <laughs> all right so what we're referring to is a is a Brock Heward tweet uh, from uh, yesterday I think so uh, you know from uh, from Sunday and Brock was you know kind of offering up his thoughts on on Washington and and, and if any of you watched uh, the the Washington game uh, against Utah. It actually was pretty well well the result was awesome. Like the game the game itself was awesome. Uh Brock, you know, I, it, and I'm not like a Brock hater. Like I think he's a genuinely nice dude. Um, I think, I think pretty, he's, he's pretty
0: good at. And, and what I think he does, he's yeah. he's
1: good and he's more than fair to Wazoo right. when he talks about the Cougs. So like what I'm about to say has nothing to do with any of that. It's just that he's a he's a husky and he's that's going to show through. Like when he's covering the the Huskies, no matter how hard he tries. And, and even during the game, he was again, like, like he is with Wazoo, he, he was really, um, you know, effusive in his praise of Utah. Like he was, um, you know, Utah's great and Huntley's playing great. And like, I I mean, he was, um it wasn't like he was pumping up one team to the exclusion of another. So he wasn't doing that. But when it came to Washington, particularly when things started to go south, for the Huskies, um, man, there was a lot of excuse-making. Oh, there was a lot of excuse-making. And that was after he spent the whole first half, you know, slobbering over Eason, um, which was just sort of like unsightly and well, and really we obnoxious. S- we
0: saw what Eason's like primary uh, weakness is, is when he's pressured. and Yeah, and like if, if
1: anybody's like within two yards of him, and you, he freaks and,
0: out. And Utah is better than any team pretty in the much everybody like at pressuring at the quarterback so yeah um we we saw him you know over and over again you know he's i mean he has a great arm and and when he's got a clean pocket he's as good as anyone but right definitely when he gets pressure it, it you know maybe not jake browning levels of collapse but still just you know makes bad throws and, and yeah yeah and he
1: He just like he'll fi when he's when his pocket's clean, he'll fire darts. I mean there is probably nobody in the country who throws a prettier ball than he does. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm watch we, everybody we have, throw, but my God, he's six team. foot five or six six of just like lean, football-throwing. I mean, and the mechanics are perfect. The spiral is tight, and he's got – I mean, he puts some velocity on it. And then all of a sudden you get a guy within two yards of him, and the ball's just, like, flying all over the place. It's it's over guys' heads. It's at their feet. It's five feet wide. It's – man, it is – it's something to watch. And so Brock tweets us out. Of, co- said, of you know, course it's sp- not
0: a it's not a weakness that WSU will be able to explain. No, no anyway. of course not.
1: So Brock tweets this out, just basically U-Dub thoughts. He goes, U-Dub one, Peterson committed to being aggressive and facing a deeper and more experienced team, I would have too. And I wasn't, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't totally sure what he meant by that. I mean, I, I didn't guess,
0: find Peterson to be aggressive in any no, way. I don't know. Okay, I, I think just because they threw the ball a lot, but I think it's I guess. I don't. I, I guess I,
1: don't I, I guess maybe that's getting back to Eason and just like how much of the game they well, put I think on that's, his I, th- I think
0: they threw the ball a lot. Just knowing that Utah's defensive line is really good and you, yeah, you can't run, run on the ball in them.
1: them. Yeah. And then he said number two, Eason has to grow versus pressure. True. And a hot pocket. Also true. Climb, comma, extend play, and sense rush. Those are all true. All true. And then we get Reagan to the gym. He started just twenty college games and needs yes. many more. Just twenty. <laughs> just just
0: how m- only twenty. How only many twenty. How many guys in the NFL have 20, 20 college starts college yeah
1: starts. yeah um i don't think that gardner Minshew even finished with 20 college starts yeah honestly i think he did i don't uh, think so pretty, yeah I think you're
0: he, right, maybe yeah, you're right maybe he maybe did, just yeah, more right. than that because yeah, he probably
1: started i, I want to say he only started maybe 10 games at that's true. At East Carolina, You're between right. the two years, and then yeah, that's right. He didn't um, start very much there. Yeah, and the, and then wazoo, of course, started thirteen, so he would have been just over twenty. You know, yeah, I mean, that's like that's rare for a guy to get. I think that many starts. Sports the reference I mean, not
0: giving me the start data. What the hell? Yeah, I mean,
1: but, uh, and not that experience is any kind of. Uh, I mean, let's just be real. We watched Luke Falk start for three and a half years. Like experience, and, yeah. uh, experience it didn't make doesn't him better. always. Yeah, it doesn't always solve your problems. So um, I don't know. Now yeah, he's and, probably and UW I think,
0: watched Jake Browning start for four years. So like they know that uh, yeah. that they U Dub knows very well that just because you yes. get more starts doesn't mean you're gonna get better. Doesn't mean you get better.
1: Um I, I think what he may have been trying to say is uh, he's not ready for the NFL. I, I think that was maybe his tactful way of trying to say that, that the kid needs to stay in school.
0: Um, but it still, it still was very funny. I don't it was think very, anyone very funny. Was calling for Eason to go to the yeah. NFL. Yeah, I yeah. and I think,
1: think most anyone's... people are talking like he's gone, and I think that's probably coming from him. To be honest, coming from Eason. Um, I mean, he, honestly, he's, he's, let it he's known, definitely
0: so. a guy that NFL dudes will love. And honestly, they drool over his one hundred percent. His stats are good. Like, if he wants to leave. Yeah, I, th- I think that he can. Like, and, he's gonna
1: make. He's gonna make a and, pile of money on that first rookie contract. He's gonna be set for life. It's, yeah, he, life is gonna be good. He's like, gonna
0: be fine. He, he's six six. He's got a cannon, and yeah, clean pocket man. He and he has some tape that looks amazing. He's gonna show up
1: to a pro day, and he's just gonna like people are gonna go, oh my god, when they watch him throw, you know. And then a smart franchise is gonna look at the tape, just like they do with Justin Herbert, and go, eh. Eh, so, anyway, I took great joy in watching Washington get beat by Utah. So
0: I did too. That was that um, was not
1: that was not the highlight of my day, but it was pretty close.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a you know you're on your bye week and and you're just hoping that UW delivers for you, and they did, and they did, they did. It also, great. honestly. I want to see that one loss versus one loss because WSU I is do now too. lost to both of the teams yes. and I and I don't care anymore. Like I want to see the one loss versus one loss Pac-12 championship. I want to see yep. a Pac-12 championship that matters for once. Yep.
1: Like, that would be really cool. And, and I'm I'm in 100% agreement. With and and you
0: both that. of them have schedules that they – like they definitely are favored heavily in both – in all three of their remaining games. Like come on, just do it, guys. Like come on, Oregon yep. – you, Oregon, Utah, win the rest of your games, see each other in the Pac-12 championship, make the Pac-12 championship matter for once. Maybe one of you get in the playoff. That'd be cool. Maybe Lee Corso will be right and Utah gets in the playoff because, honestly, if Oregon and Utah plays, I'd pick Utah by two touchdowns. Oh, but, yeah. Um,
1: right now, for sure.
0: Um, I know they had they had pretty similar results at UW, but, um, and, honestly, God knows how long Tyler Huntley can go yeah (laughs) but uh and by the way let's tell her Huntley what a baller yeah yeah Um, like
1: speaking of guys who got better every year
0: that I mean that even just early season last year he was a disaster and and he has turned into we were talking about like who's the best quarterback in the pac 12 I want to we're pretty partial to Gordo I want to say Gordo but I mean honestly if, if it's not us it's like people are probably saying Tyler Huntley
1: No I mean Huntley yeah they're saying Huntley cuz he's the winner and all that stuff so and, I, and I, I get that I mean his I ability to that.
0: make plays with his legs but he's doing that less but um but but, but what he can do with his arm now is yeah. um we saw it before the Utah game or like they're really good on third and long they kept doing that against us. We saw against UW, third and longs. He was just finding people, uh, making plays. Like, what What a quarterback. Um, I hope he stays healthy for Utah this year because um, I think it'd be fun to see the Pac-12 actually contend for yeah. a fucking playoff spot for once. I as agree. As, as and I
1: think Utah has the kind of makeup that, um, you know, could actually – Give someone some trouble, like yeah. you know. I mean, I mean I, they got I, a defensive you know, line. They've got a defensive line. They've got a bruising running back. They've got a, a hyper accurate quarterback. I Both mean, of those two guys need to 74% stay. percent of his passes. Both of those
0: two guys need to stay. Yeah.
1: The only thing that I think the weakness that they've got that I think against a high level opponent could come back to bite them is you know their receivers are pretty pedestrian. Um, yes. they're nothing yep. special. Yeah. So, but other than that, um, you know, they have an absolute, you know, wrecking ball of a running back and, and a really good quarterback and an excellent defensive line. And, you know, these are things that, um, you know, as we've seen from the sec over the years, those are things that play really, really well. So yeah, I, I'm kind of rooting for Utah. I mean, their fans are, are really insufferable at times, but, um, I think it would be cool to, to see Utah do well and, um, it'd be good for you know, the conference.
0: Come, be yeah. I think, the conference. Be, I, I think it would be, I think it would be,
1: I think that, um, also if, if we if, can
0: find our way to six wins, it, it means a better bowl for us. So. Yeah.
1: And you know, I, I was going to say, I, I think if, if, uh, if you asked any of the WCU coaches, you know, who they're rooting for to do well, I think they would definitely say Oregon. Um, simply because you know they're they're well, they much don't... more in the recruiting pool with Utah, than and all their Ohio, friends Oregon, work there. So, <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but uh, you know, it is interesting when I listen to I don't know if you listen to the uh, Cougar Football Podcast with Chazanow and Dave Emmerich and uh, Jed Collins and Alex Brink. Um, but one of the interesting things that Emmerich will sometimes talk about is like just how um, like like how important certain things are to recruiting. And and things that, you know, I would go, eh, is that really that big of a deal? Well, I, I don't know if it is or not, but he talks about certain things that he thinks are big deals for recruiting because he's kind of their, you know, re, I, don't, I don't know if he's necessarily their recruiting coordinator, but that's that's kind of a big part of his job um, is to kind of oversee that. And so, you know, he does make reference to from time to time things like this where it's like, yeah, like these are teams that we are recruiting against. Um, and so I, I kind of go, yeah, and we maybe. recruit
0: against Utah a lot more. We recruit Oregon. against Utah a lot, a lot.
1: So we, you know, when we're recruiting, we're recruiting against Utah, Cal, Arizona, Oregon state, Colorado, you know I mean? That's sort of our, uh, that, that's sort of our tier. We're not picking uh, guys from Oregon. Uh, uh-uh, no, nope, nope. More often they're picking guys from us. Like, like they're running back, uh, Cyrus Habibi-Lakio was yeah. originally a, a commit to us. So um, definitely usually more going the other direction but you know I, like i said i think if uh if wsu had their druthers you know maybe oregon would be the one to to get there ahead of utah but um just you just know, i think just from from sort of a fun perspective it, it'd be kind of fun to watch watch utah because i do think they are better than oregon yeah um, I, definitely, I definitely i think, think that's that. pretty clear so
0: maybe it wouldn't be a blowout but i I definitely would pick Utah. I think it would definitely be a more interesting game than we saw last year in the Pac 12 championship.
1: I think so, well. but it's still two teams that really want to run the ball. <laughs> I know. With pretty but good defenses. So U-
0: Utah had, you know, Huntley. It can't out, be as bad as last pretty year. Pretty sure Huntley and Moss were out for that last year. And uh, yeah, it was a. Well, we should just won the goddamn it Can't
1: game. be as bad as last year.
0: Yeah, UW's not involved, so, all right. Yes. Yeah, so, but yeah, Yeah. so, um, rest of the Pac-12, so, UW, or we have uh, Cal coming up, we got Colorado coming up, or we have uh, Stanford coming up, Stanford has KJ Costello back, so that sucks. Um, uh, They might be a little more formidable um, than we thought. Um, And then Oregon State is now ranked... Number fifty nine in SP Plus.
1: Yeah, how wild is that? That's crazy. After wild. dropping fifty whatever on Arizona, apparently,
0: Jonathan Smith is a pretty good coach.
1: Yeah, good offensive coach, anyway. Yeah, 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 but yeah. He's got it's... some web. They got some weapons there. Former WSU commit Isaiah
0: Hodgins. Yeah, playing wide receiver. He's a stud. Former WSU commits all over the place. I know.
1: We have good talent evaluators on our staff. That's what it is. <laughs> That's how we roll.
0: Yeah, but yeah, so we got uh, those next three games. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, like, it's pretty funny. I was looking at the selections for uh, Stanford weekend, um, and now we're kind of in this spot where we're either going to be Pac-12 network at one thirty or 4.30 on FS1. Um, but you looked at, like, like, at first blush, you're like, there's no good games in this, but then you're obviously like Oregon and Utah are going to be the first two choices. Yeah. And then USC is going to be the third choice, USC Cal, And then, right. so that basically left Arizona and Oregon state or us and Stanford. And basically they're waiting f- to see who wins this weekend. So right. if, if you want to, if you want a four o'clock, four 30, game uh, next saturday or on the 16th uh the the cougs win will help that if they lose if you like those 130 starts uh then that'll, you'll probably be in good shape if they lose <laughs> um yeah and if you like Pac 12 network games which everyone loves oh you know, yeah all the people get to see
1: those mm, you want some ted robinson yogi roth action
0: oh definitely stanford wsu would be ted robinson yogi roth Hundred percent.
1: I mean, it could be worse. We could get Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. Ugh. <laughs> we did not make fun of those guys nearly hard enough last week.
0: No, we didn't. That was bad. It was so bad. I mean, it was we, so pitiful. We know how bad Brian Greasy is. Steve Levy just showed off what what he has. Um, Steve what are we players... should be calling hockey? What and are player? It. What are players' names? I don't know. They don't matter. Yeah. Uh, what are the rules of football? Who knows? I don't care. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Whatever. You got anything else, man? No. <laughs> <You there?
1: laughs> no, dude, just fired up for basketball. I'm super excited to talk. Uh, talk both about a uh, Cougar win over Cal next week and uh, Cougar basketball playing their first game and. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Super exciting. exciting. I mean, what are the odds that maybe, maybe both teams could be good at the same time?
0: Low. I don't know know if God will allow it. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'll say an extra prayer tonight. (laughs) After drinking even more 8-pound, 6-ounce newborn infant Jesus.
0: Well, I feel like... The worst
1: beer I've had in some time.
0: But if you finish it, then your prayer will have more... Oh, like God. oomph behind it. I'm, no, nah, not worth it,
1: <laughs> dude. It's bad. That was like a bad beer. Like I can't believe they put that on a shelf. Bad.
0: Well, you should go talk to Giuseppe yourself.
1: Yeah, God. Be like, what are you doing? Was this like some kind of joke?
0: Probably was, was. Bad.
1: Probably was. That that sounds like something they would do. Yeah. Just like they, here, we're just gonna put this out here, and it's a total shitty beer. And
0: they they. Evil Twin did this a will be funny. did a collab with some brewery, I can't remember who the other brewery was, but they were like throwing uh they were throwing um Chick-fil-A nuggets into the beer. Oh which, my god. And so they made this like beer, but that would have like nothing like that that's just fermentable sugar and then just like yeah. random shit, chicken floating around. They right. like no influence on the flavor at all it just sounds and, disgusting and, like the breading might provide some like fermentables but that's it like and and but it did like so they made this beer and everyone's everyone wanted it to like taste like fried chicken and it did, did not at all like, no, it was it's it's a big like joke it. like that's not gonna make it taste like fried chicken but it was yeah. a joke um they they went and bought a bunch of um like apparently that was the closest they could find was like chick-fil-a and so they bought like the the like catering size platters of the, of the chicken nuggets, <laughs> and like <laughs> and, like threw them in the mash tuns. <laughs> was like pretty funny. But, um, but yeah, so they're weird. They're a contract slash gypsy brewer and they'll, they'll yep. do some weird stuff. You yeah.
1: Know? They definitely do some weird shit. Like I had, I had the biscotti one, one time. That was okay. Um,
0: have you ever had double barrel Jesus? No. It's a barrel aged evil twin Jesus. Ooh. That sounds good. Double barrel Jesus. Just an awesome name for a beer. Like Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. All right, I, man.
1: By the way, quick update Stranger Than Fiction was pretty good. Oh, nice. It's pretty chocolatey. So Which was, was a the, nice uh nice contrast to the to the previous beverage. So The
0: Holy Mountain Lager was very good. Awake limbs, but also I've had it many times before, so I knew that was nice. gonna happen. I'm nice. glad you like Strangers in Fiction. So, yeah, if, me too. If you're still, for some reason, listening at this point, <laughs> then you definitely should subscribe. Like, why You w- like If your listeners just, like talking about nothing... If you're, you're still d- listening, like, you subs- obviously want to subscribe. subscribe. And also, if you're still listening, rate us five stars. And then give us a comment about how we talk about Chick-fil-A nuggets being thrown into beer. I don't know. like i don't know like uh we like when you give us comments it's funny especially when you pull quotes from the show and throw them in there that makes me laugh i agree um not that jeff and i are quotable um but uh maybe we are maybe just a little you can make us quotable by quoting us that's um but yeah so uh rate us five stars subscribe to us Um, If you have any questions, comments, complaints, especially uh, at podcast versus everyone at gmail.com or at pod versus everyone at twitter.com or at Craig or at the Craig Powers. Someday I will get my Twitter handle, right? I don't even know what it is. At the Craig Powers on Twitter. Contact us. Uh, We'll answer your questions comments any of that i i have basketball tickets to give away yeah um so uh do that man all right we good Go coogs go coogs